Hey, I'm Jesse. Thanks for tuning in today, especially if I made you really mad yesterday by just reading the Bible. <laughs> Paul, after rebuking the Corinthian church for the unrighteous way in which they handled conflict, their litigiousness, suing each other over and over again, goes on to say, don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? He lists some sins that were particularly prevalent within the church of Corinth, but some of the same sins that exist today. It's remarkable how easy a hermeneutical bridge it is to cross from the original context of Corinth to the modern American church, especially around here in Seattle. And he goes on to say, like, that's not who you are anymore. You used to be like that. You used to be sexually immoral. You used to be an idolater. You used to be an adulterer. You used to be males who have sex with males. You used to be thieves. You used to be greedy. You used to be drunkards. You used to be verbally abusive. You used to be swindlers. And some of you used to be like this, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Washed. Do you know that like fresh out of the shower feeling after you just work really hard in the yard on a hot summer day? You know that fresh feeling? This is incredible. This is, this is a, a Bible verse that we just taught the Campbell kids, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our sin puts a barrier between us and God because he is absolute holiness personified. And our sin separates us because he cannot be in the presence of sin. It's good for us to not see the direct face of God in our currently sin-stained state, our non-glorified state. Stay tuned, we're going to get to that, that term next. Because if nobody can see God and live, see what God advised Moses on when, when Moses said, show me your glory, he beheld just the train of God's robe passing by and his face glowed afterwards. It freaked everybody out and he wore a veil. When we confess our sins, he is faithful. He is just to forgive us of our sins. And the text says in 1 John 1, 9, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You gotta confess that sin. God knows you committed it and you know you committed it. When we get to chapter 10, verse 13, you're gonna see that we're culpable for our sin. We cannot blame our sin on our genetics, on our upbringing, on anything, because we're never tempted beyond what we can bear. And so our sin makes us willingly filthy before the Lord. Our righteousness, in fact, is like filthy rags before God. Best that we could possibly do, the most righteous thing we could muster is like filthy rags before God. So all the more our sin, but we have been washed. What does it take to be washed, Jesse? Well, according to 1 John 1, 9, confess. That means you're not making excuses for your sin. You're not trying to blame your sin on your genetics or your parents or society or anybody else. You just own it. Like David in Psalm 51, God against you and you only have I sinned. You confess your sin before God, you'll be forgiven and cleansed from all unrighteousness. So this is what it means to have been washed. Okay, you used to be like this. You used to be sins, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There used to be all these things that are prevalent within Corinth and also present today in American culture but now you've been washed. You were sanctified. What does sanctified mean? Sanctification is the process of becoming more like Christ. Okay, if you're, uh, I've, I've ministered to single people in our, in our, in our church recently, and I, I know that uh, the same is true of both godly single men and godly single women. 
that if you're trying to use, if you have like godly parents who've been walking with Christ their whole lives, I know that some of you are Christian, you're single and you're the first generation Christian, so this may not be an issue for you, but I've seen like godly young single people compare the people who are out there in the, the Christian dating or courtship pool, whatever semantics you will, and they compare them to their parents. Like if you're a godly young woman and you're looking at all the men your age and you're trying to compare them to your dad who's been walking with Jesus for over half a century, um, you're going to be a little frustrated because all the men in your life, they, they look like goobers compared to your dad. But it's because your dad has had a half a century worth of sanctification, walking in Christ. When he was your age, he used to be a goober too. But now he's being sanctified. So through sanctification, we become more like Christ. All right, if you, if you struggle with sin episodically, and one way to see evidence of your own sanctification is to see those episodes grow farther and farther apart, fewer in between and less severe in nature, if you will. Your sanctification is where you get more into the Word of God. You begin to bear more spiritual fruit. There's more love emanating from your life. There's more joy, there's more peace, more patience kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, because we by our sinful and depraved nature are not like these things. We're not really loving. In fact, the, the fruit of the flesh listed in, in Galatians, uh, in, in Galatians along right before the fruit of the spirit is just gross. That's what we're really prone to, just gross stuff. But when we become more sanctified, we're more loving, we're more joyful. We have peace that just doesn't make sense to the world around us. It's a beautiful thing to behold. Sanctification is the process of becoming more and more like Christ. The process of sanctification lasts from the day of your conversion until the day that you kick the bucket. And that's what brings us to the third aspect of 1 Corinthians 6.11. He's already said washed. He says justified. Uh, sorry, washed, sanctified, and then justified. This is a beautiful moment that you would stand before God. When you're in heaven, we experience glorification. See Romans chapter 8 that God foreknows everyone who's gonna believe in his son. And before the foundations of the earth, he predetermined that those who believe in his son would be formed into the likeness of his son. And those he foreknew, he also predestined. Right? That he predestined you'd be conformed to the likeness of Jesus one day, so he called you. Do you remember the moment of your calling? Yeah, Jesse, I was driving down the interstate. I felt God calling to just pull over and give my life to Christ. My grandfather was mowing uh, a, a field. He was, he was working on a tractor and a field full of crops in Southern Alabama. And had to just stop the tractor and get out and get on his knees and give his life to Christ. Do you remember when you were, do you remember when you were, as, as you've undergone sanctification yourself, you're called, sanctified, justified, glorified. The process ends in heaven above where your sin is removed. It's like the church, the bride of Christ described in Revelation, spotless, without wrinkle or blemish. It's incredible to behold. This is why brides wear white at weddings, because we are glorified when we are with Christ forevermore. But what comes in between is justification. You, though you are guilty, and the evidence against you abounds, the judge, without a miscarriage of justice, without a mulligan, without compromising his integrity, and without lowering the standard of the law, is able to impute you with the righteousness of Jesus. So the judge can bang the gavel and issue your sentence fulfilled by Jesus on the cross. So though you're guilty, your sentence has been paid in full to telestai, Jesus said upon the cross. It is finished. It's paid in full. And so though you are guilty before the judge, you are justified, washed, sanctified, 
justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. This weekend in our sermon, we'll talk more about that because those two phrases are incredible. There's no higher name than that of Jesus, and it's by that name. There's no greater spirit in the universe than the Holy Spirit, and it's by that spirit that you have been washed and sanctified and justified. You are no longer to wear the permanent scarlet letter of your past sins.